You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com and the Radio.com app. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Craig Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Everything gonna be all right? Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the Skate Pod. Sunday Skate, I'll give it a B, B plus. On WEEI. Here we go, Skate Pod coming to you on the 26th of September, one week away from the regular season opener. It is Matt Kalman, WEI.com, Bruins writer, fresh off his bonus skate pod with Brandon Carlo. Good chat. Check us out on iTunes, of course, uh, Stitcher, Downcast, wherever you find podcasts, radio.com. Follow us on Twitter, at the Skate Pod. Give us a review uh, on iTunes and other places as well if you can. Do we have any reviews yet? Uh, no. Are the reviews in? Them and none are coming. I expect to, I expect, I expect to see one from like RogerEbert.com or something. We do have some listener questions we'll get to a little bit later here in the episode. We also have a uh, first a foray into the Atlantic Division, which should be tight this year. We're going to talk to Greg Linelli, who uh, does pre- and post-game for the Lightning Radio Network, and we'll get a little Tampa preview here one week out. What is the state of the Lightning? But Bruins issues to digest. Uh, there is a game uh, that we're coming off from last night. We are taping this before the contest, and judging by the lineup, uh, we don't think there's going to be a ton of issues to talk about coming out of the game. There, uh, there are on the right side Kuhlman, Backus, and Steen yep. tonight. As you're listening to this, it was last night, and so that's probably three guys battling for one spot, right? So that's maybe the one interesting thing. Yeah, but I'm not sure that Steen's really in the mix at this point. I think they, yeah. you know they're obviously keeping bodies around because guys are going to sit out and stuff. So, uh, but you know the Bacchus thing is interesting. <laughs> we'll see how this really does play out. I don't think I don't think there's much sentimentality here. I think they kind of. Uh, my cup eight. I mean, it's just interesting to see. And just eat the cash. I mean, they have to, right? They have to pay the guy if they. They're gonna have to pay him, and uh, they can save a million on the cap. And interesting. Uh, well, okay. Back to that in a moment because you also had your lineup projections. I do want to talk about. I think uh, the 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 voice of Jack Edwards is ringing in my ear from a couple weeks ago. That the one yep. thing that can derail this team, <laughs> the injury to Bergeron, and now you throw in Krejci yep. from the game Monday night. Let's talk Krejci first of all. Yep. Left knee, we can pretty safely say from the video, left leg, lower yep, left leg, okay. somewhere in that range. Right. Yeah, Do you believe two days the, off the ice? Two days off the ice and was you know working yeah, I out don't, today. Yeah, I don't know what Bruce Cassidy thinks is serious. I mean, does he mean it's not serious that he's not going to skate until next Wednesday and he's going to play and he's going to play in Dallas on Thursday, or does he mean it's not serious that he's going to be on the ice this weekend? I mean, he had treatment today, which is Wednesday we're talking about, and mm-hmm. he was supposed to maybe get on the ice Thursday, and we'll see. Um, but I think, you know, in the bigger picture, this is worrisome because, you know, if, if this Bergeron thing has taken so long to uh, to get him to this point, no games yet, maybe a game on Saturday, um, this is what you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to s- test your depth, and uh, this could creep up in the regular season. And, 
you watch, you, you look at how they did it last year, and that's going to be every fan's argument that, oh, they can survive the way they did last year, Bergeron and Char out at the same time, and McAvoy out. But, you know, a lot of things had to happen for that for them to succeed that way, right? They, yeah. they The goalies played great, yep. and guys stepped up. Um, power play was f- The phenomenal. power play was carrying them, and you had these younger guys. I mean, you're not going to have that all the time, and – um, you're trying to break in another right wing again on your second line, and you're trying to maybe break in another another bottom six forward here, and um, you don't know if they're going to produce the way you know Noah Chari did last year or the way Riley Nash did the year before. You know, so um, and and so it's going to creep up. I mean, this is all, a lot of this is going to be uh, a lot of pressure on likes of Trent Frederick to uh, to be able to fill those shoes. And the division's good, and Florida is better, no matter what you, if you want to mock uh, the goalie signing or not. Bobrovsky, yeah. you know, paid him too much, whatever. There is a legitimate possibility that the Bruins stumble here out of the gates a bit because of injuries, because of the hangover, maybe and, and a the bit schedule. Less or so, and the schedule. Dallas, what's it? Dallas, yeah. Arizona, uh, Vegas, and Colorado. That could be zero for four, and you you could play great games for those four games and lose them all. I mean, seriously, those and, are really tough teams. Yeah, and it's a long season, but you know who knows? They're maybe yeah. fighting for a for a wild card spot by the end of it. But Krejci to replace him, he played eighty one games last year. He had a phenomenal year, twenty goals and seventy three points. We did see on the bright side Charlie Coyle bump up, and he is getting praised left, right. Oh my and, god! I mean, God, the, the I want to know if I want to ask Bruce Cassidy if Charlie Coyle, Sean Corrali, and Carson Kuhlman were drowning, which one he would save? Because <laughs> oh my god, he and Zaboro, he praised Jacques Zaboro. <laughs> I want to throw him in the mix. But I think Charlie Coyle was taken over here. He's uh, he's the one. Yeah. Every, they keeps talking about. It. Oh my god! Even when he's not asked about him, and he's playing great. Can't no knock on him. But yeah, will he? Would he be able to? I mean, you want to be able to try and test him out on Krejci's wing. You don't want to be testing him out as Krejci's replacement at this point. Right. And uh, that's, that could be a hard thing to do here. And, you know, that's what kind of – game seven of the finals, blah, blah, blah. What kind of hurt them last year was they never got to try out these other combinations and, and see what else might have worked. When Johansson got hurt, they had to just kind of settle in, and it got them where they wanted to be. But this year you were hoping you'd be able to do some more experimenting like that and – uh, these injuries are hindering them. You know the Bergeron thing too. It's just not. Uh, it's not really fair to some of these guys to not have Patrice in there to uh, to kind of, you know see how it goes. Well, Charlie. Now, do you think this is contract related? The praise of Coil now. No. Is is this tactical it, by the organization the to, to pump him up? It would be to the opposite. Him to sign you know over? Like, when they, they, when when McAvoy signed and they, and they asked Cassidy about uh, about having him and he said something about he got in trouble for calling him. Drew Doughty esque before the signing, like I, I'm sure, oh, yeah. I'm sure the organization didn't appreciate that. The, all this praise for Coyle isn't doing the Bruins any favors. But you know, like I wrote uh, this week, clearly the Bruins have the leverage because when you come home to play and it's successful, and, I, and Matt Grizzlick said the same thing, you can't, you can't quite say oh, I don't, I can go play somewhere else because they'd be like, fine, leave home and go play somewhere else, you know. So there's some leverage for the Bruins here, absolutely. True. But you know, Charlie Coyle still is going to know what he's worth and what he wants to be paid. And um, there'll be plenty of teams lining up to get this guy if he keeps up, keeps up this pace. Is it uh, too simple to say it's Charlie Coyle versus Tory Krug now as the who the yeah, signing I, is? I don't think it is. I think I think at this point th- this might happen. They might be able to, to piece it together because, you know, I, I, you know, you know me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm as cynical as they come, and I, I want to, yeah, so. I want to throw up in my mouth every time I hear about the culture <laughs> and original six, and Ruins I love way. Boston and all this stuff. But these guys are kind of putting their money where their mouths are with McAvoy and Carlo, and that definitely sets a tone for Grizzlick and DeBrus. So if they come in with some bridge deals, those two guys, it leaves you some space and. 
Coil and, and crew could come in. Maybe you trading. Maybe you trading. Maybe they would trade AAV for length, like Spurgeon in Minnesota and uh, Falk just now. Yeah, the he, Falk trade. He just signed seven years, six point five million AAV. So, so is that that might tell you seven times seven for Tory. And yeah, we all are in agreement. We shouldn't go seven years with Tory Krug, but that's what if you want to get him uh, at a He's at what, a fair 28? AAV. Yeah, twenty eight. So. At 35, that might not look good. Right. But well, that Kevin Falk, that, that Kevin, I keep calling it Kevin Falk. Kevin Falk that yeah. Justin Falk thing yeah. keeps, um, the Justin Falk thing obviously might look bad in two years because we saw how he didn't quite look uh, exactly right in the playoffs against the Bruins. So yeah. um, I think a lot of what Sweeney's doing is I'm going to be here long term, but I think sometimes you just got to say seven years from now, I don't want to think about that and just get done what you want to get done if you want to keep a core piece and a guy who will probably wear a letter for you yeah. uh, in the future. Well, a couple things. First of all, Krug was so impressive in the, in the postseason defensively, so that shored yeah. up a lot of your concerns. Sure. You saw the power play, with seen the power play without him, with Vakanainen the other night, and it was like, oh my wow. God, this guy's not even close. Not that they're expecting him yeah. to replace him right nothing's, away, but nothing's still. Gonna re- nothing's going to replace that. We don't right. even know McAvoy's yeah. <laughs> close to replacing him. They, they don't have that guy. You'd have to get Charlie McAvoy to take some shots, first of all. Yeah. I mean. And the you alternative know. is you trade him like uh, Carolina did, and you get Joel Edmondson, who I, I don't find yeah. is a useful piece, and they got a you know a prospect. But what do the Bruins need a prospect for? Exactly. Right I mean, it's, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to trade him. I think Coyle, the same way, a guy who could be part of your leadership group going forward, you're going to have to just you know give up the term to get the AAV. And like I said, it's it's going to work out because guys are going to drop off. Krejci's going to drop off. Backus will drop off, um, and then there'll have to be some hard decisions. Queenie will have to make some emotional, difficult decisions, whether it's a Matt Grizzlick or someone like that once they want to get paid to uh, to go. And that's where the likes of the Vakaninans and the Zaborals will come in yeah. to be able to fill in for those guys until they're ready to cash in if they make it. Well, okay, but timing of this now, uh, there was a report that Krug and the Bruins have not even spoken. Did Sweeney say that? He said we have not even Yeah, I think Tori Krug said that too. Um, so is that surprising to you? We have no. one week until the season. They, they could... Announced this at any time this year. I mean, December. Yeah. Exactly, and let's face it, Tory Krug's not the kind of guy to get to get rattled by this. Now, Charlie Coyle, I don't know. I don't know what he, what his deal is. I mean, I mean, both guys. If they start playing well, they're going to start. The, you could sniff free agency and say, "Oh boy, well the league's talking about me. Maybe I could." Now, yeah. I oh. think it's more likely for Krug, yeah, because he's a Michigan guy, whatever. And uh, he's a Michigan yeah, but he's a Michigan right? guy. But if he wanted to stay in Michigan, he probably would have done that right off the bat. Maybe <laughs> um, the guy. I mean, but he's coveted. He's, he's a rare been here, commodity. He's been in the here league. so long. He loves Boston enough. I think. Like I said, I don't like usually buy into this nonsense. And everybody's a free, you know, everybody's a, a freelancer and wants to go where they can get the most. But yeah, there seems to be a trend here, and we saw we've seen it's not just. Boston. I mean, the Bruins are going to brag about it. Boston's going to brag, about it. but you know, we've seen these bridge deals that these other players, all these RFAs, are signing places, and so except for Toronto, because you have to, you know, you have to get all you can to to, be, to put up with that well, nonsense. Well, if I'm Coyle and I'm his agent, I say get the deal done before the season begins because I am looking at the prospect of Brett Ritchie on my right wing, and he has <laughs> zero offensive upside. I mean, less than zero. Did you notice him the other night? This oh is your God. guy. This is your man crush. It's not my guy. It's my. The point is you don't write a guy off before training camp opens, and the Bruins don't seem apt to be writing him off. I think clearly there's some metrics they have. Yeah, that the show metric you... is six four two twenty. They they have, they have exactly. fallen in love with the well, heavy player. You again. have to keep Cam Neely happy, and you know he wants wants <laughs> to have these guys around. He loves it. Um, this mark my words. This is the beginning. 
Yeah. Brett Ritchie is he's going to well, make the team. He's going to be the third line winger as you projected on your yeah. on your uh, but it's he's going to be like the, five games. the fans are going to hate him. <laughs> he's going to take penalties. He's the lost Hayes brother. Yes. He, he exactly. <laughs> this is Jimmy Hayes part two or three or whatever. I, I mean the, the difference is they have the depth now and hopefully these prospects, you know, stay on track the right way, that they won't have to stick with them as much as they stuck with Jimmy Hayes. They're not paying him what they were paying Jimmy Hayes. They're paying this guy a million dollars. Easy enough to talk. I want to see Lauko. God, he, was that an impressive goal. Well, that's just it. I'm surprised, I'm surprised they kind of rolled Lauko out so quickly. I mean, sent it to Providence today. They're saying that he might not stay. Clearly, they they don't trust him <laughs> playing yeah, against men a turnover, but I don't care. full I mean, times. I, but there's no doubt there's there's some upside there that they like. And, and Some upside. And, and he, I, he looked awesome. And Oscar Steen. Uh, and Steen. It looks like a pretty good player, too. I think they want to give these guys some early season seasoning. You know, Coleman looked great at the end, but he started the year in the minors, right? That's the path they want to go. You don't If you don't have to rush. They, listen, Coleman's a lock, by the way. They're not. He's on the podcast. He absolutely. Is a, he is oh, he's a, totally a lock. He told you he listens to the he podcast. He listens to it, yeah. Coleman exactly. is in lock. But when you're a team like the Bruins were saying 17 and you integrating five, six rookies, you have to because of the depth and because of the cap situation. Now you're in a position, why would you, unless they blew you away, why would you rush a Bjork or a Studnika or a Steen at this point? Especially like in a case of Steen he's, and Lauko too to an extent. They're first learning the pro game. They're learning how to play here. In Steen's case, the rank size. Well, why would you rush him? You're in win now mode, and if you can't yeah, score, let's say the, they go on four. As you, if you just is do Brett Ritchie going to really cost them points? Yes, at this he point, could. he's hard. If, if he's that bad, he's not going to play. You have a, you still have the fourth line that's like a third line. You can bump Coil up. You could play three lines. He's not going to kill you. And like I said, the leash will be short on this guy. I don't know. He's Cam's guy. You said it yourself. This is this is <laughs> teacher's pet. It's just to keep him happy, you know. It's just well, to well keep okay. Cam happy. Well, that's a, that's a concern if you can't pull him out of the no, lineup. No, they're going to pull him out of the lineup. He just wants to give it a shot. They want to see. You know, they always think, oh, you know, St. Louis won because they were bigger. Well, that wasn't the true. It wasn't the case. It's a good uh, talking point for people who don't really watch hockey, and they'll see. Heck, you never know. Maybe Richie winds up. Popping a couple in here, and then you really don't have any loss. But clearly, he's not the long-term answer. That's why he got a one-year, one million dollar deal. It's easy enough to you know tuck him into Providence if you have to. No one's claiming this guy on waivers. Yeah, if anybody wanted him on waivers, they would have signed him in July. So, but they're not doing the, the way Cassidy talked about him after Monday night. It was so obvious. We, we, this yeah. guy's making the roster. They are not. Right. They are not sending him. Absolutely, out. but for the first two weeks, I bet you they give him a two-week trial. Okay. Uh, well, what's, oh, you know what? I bet that would change if Krejci and Bergeron weren't hurt, because then if you, they want to give him a fair shot, they want to give him a chance to play with Krejci at some point here, and it might just not happen because of the injury. If, you, do you think that line makes sense though, Coyle and Heinen with Richie? Let's say he is just a total brick, no hands offense. Like, okay, physical guy. Does his physicality? What am I missing? Can he no, open things up for it's Coyle about and Heinen? Yeah, proc production and just just the same thing that Kuhlman would kind of bring a little bit to Krejci, although he has the speed and has more smarts. And so, um, yeah, I mean, to have some size on that wing, that's not the worst thing. Don't the they need a shot? Don't they need a Johansson? Don't I mean? I, I would think Steen is a better fit for them. Uh, yeah, than, but like I said, they're not, they're not going to start Steen in the NHL unless he lights it up, and I don't think that's, why, that's why? happened we're, really. So we're back to the uh, because guys, Julian, young guys don't play. That's hockey. That's the NHL. <laughs> Uh, There's plenty of young guys on this team. Much as I love Kuhlman, he has yeah. 11 games under his belt. Yeah. So their right side, beyond Pasternak, is just a total question mark. I Absolutely. Mean, That's been a question mark for two years now. That's This is the way they do it. It's and just sobering to see it. Then in, they in wind print. up paying at the trade deadline to get a, a Johansson. So right. 
this time around, you know, Bjork's looked great too, right? But you know, again, he might need to, a little more time in the AHL just to keep getting his feet under him. Cassidy hasn't said played he that quote, many games. Confidence, exactly. So the, the, these young guys, it's not going to be um, a static thing here. You're not going to see a thirty unless Britt Ritchie plays well. You're not going to see thirty games, twenty five games out of this guy. It'll be ten minutes and gone. You know what I mean? Or ten games and gone. Okay. Now, Tuca only made two periods. Any concern there? We we saw Darth Vader <laughs> in the game. I just want to throw that out there. Big bad Vlad. Yeah. Tuca um, got snubbed, by the way, in the TSN Top 50. Did not make it. Uh, <laughs> your guy, Carey Price, Vasilevsky ahead of him. Uh, Bobrovsky made the list. Did Freddie Anderson make it? He did not. Oh, okay. Well, then that's fine. Okay. Top 50, all, all players? Is, all players, That's, that's yeah. hard to crack. I mean, seriously. There's, there's like three or four good players on each team, so... If you, well, he, he was, it'd be even tough to, tough to crack the top 150, really, if you think about it. Uh, based on what we saw in the postseason. Now, now in the regular season, yeah, they're going to timeshare him again anyway. It's fine. Exactly. So we'll see Halak on Wednesday night. But anyway, anything else that jumped out from the Monday uh, game that, that we're missing? I mean, not really. I <laughs> not mean, really. These games are kind of – there's no emotion. It's really bad. Tonight, or Wednesday night, so last yep. night, you might see a little more emotion. The, the devil addressing a uh, well, Hughes. A, a legitimate team. Hughes. Bovquist, uh, Simmons is in there. Subban? No, Subban he, No, Subban's not, but Heischer's out there. Andy Green's going to be in there, so that'll be a little better. But, yeah, I mean, the two they played two preseason games with the Philadelphia Flyers, and there wasn't one fight. What is that? What, is we com- what have we come to? Self-preservation. What have we come to? They also sent Solarik uh, to, what, uh, injury list? Yeah, he's on injured, too. He's injured, too, which is good timing for him because yeah. he'll get the NHL paycheck for a while. <laughs> and Nordstrom's on if IR. He, if he's lucky, if Solarik's lucky, this will linger a couple <laughs> weeks of the season. I mean, oh my God. The people on Twitter who are in love with Peter Solarik need to get over it. I mean, this guy doesn't get it, okay? <laughs> There's definitely talent there. There's definitely skill, but not NHL caliber, desire, work ethic, you name it. Um, and obviously gets hurt a lot, too. Uh, as did Anton Bleed, shoulder surgery. Do you find that to be significant? What's, he's yeah. 24. He's getting up there. No, well, it's bad for Providence. They're obviously a good yeah. guy that could get in there to uh, stir some shit. But uh, Kevin Miller, what is the latest on Are they going to have him this year? It doesn't. Is there any there's news? There's been no update, but you know what? It's really hard to get updates out of them because, uh, like, even with Solaric, we had to wait. To, I waited to the next day to ask about it because the 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 time limits are very uh, tight, and everyone's asking their future questions. Um, but yeah, supposedly Kevin Miller was to have an update uh, this week, and maybe we'll get that at some point. All right, before we get to our interview uh, with Tampa, we must address the Austin Matthews uh, <laughs> violation in the off season. Now he showed up at Leafs practice on Wednesday. So you know they and looked, he was wearing pants. He did have the pants. Well, he had pants in both situations, but in this case they were up. They were actually pulled up. I above. can't. I can't believe he did a scrum and he talked for thirty-eight seconds, but then out of his mouth, but then didn't turn around and do the rest of the media eval through his ass <laughs> <laughs> because that's all I keep picturing is you know uh, Jim Carrey making his rear end talk, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm sure the Toronto this media. This is their captain. This is their leader. I'm sure the Toronto media is handling this very well. I'm sure they're being very mature about it and not taking it As too I seriously. Am. And uh, but it all honestly, you, you just you just have to laugh. I mean, I'm just glad to know the guy drinks and the guy has some fun. I'm. That's. I mean, seriously, has some fun. The guy so has to open up a uh, the security guard's door, car door at two in the morning. Wacky pranksters. I mean, what is he, five? And then drops the pants as he's walking away. Hey, it's Arizona. We're lucky they weren't armed. You know. But, Did, uh, have you ever heard Crosby or Bergeron doing this throughout their <laughs> careers? I mean, Patrice Bergeron. Definitely not Patrice. Maybe Sidney. I could see Crosby partying a little bit. But God, yeah, I just up, can't, I just can't. And by the way, he's sixth on the TSN Top 50. I just can't wait till Austin Matthews wins the Cup. What's that going to be like? 
true. I mean, <laughs> oh God, that's the apocalypse. I mean, they had Marner 15th on the list. Marner's a better player. Uh, oh, Austin Matthews is oh, blown up. Know. They have to kiss the right rear end there, and they have to get their availabilities. Uh, Marchand's 8th, Bergeron 14th, Pasternak 25th on the, on the I list. I think that's fair. I think Marchand, just like Marner, is, you know, don't put too much weight in the center. Patrice is getting up there, and we need to see him uh, stay healthy. And we've seen, you know, Marchand and Pasternak have had success when he was when he was out last year, right? The guys that didn't make the list that may surprise you, Kopitar, off the list. Nick, hmm. Nicholas Backstrom, uh, <laughs> Subban, off the list. Nick Baxter, so underrated. My God, the guy just doesn't get any credit. No credit. And it gets lost yeah, off the list. Kyle Pertar had a terrible season last year, and PK, you know, obviously didn't have a great year either, and th- those guys are getting up there in age, and Baxter is too, but Nick Baxter, my God, what a great player and gets no respect. All right, now, as I pull up uh, some of our questions for the week, also yep. just want to say, now I'm in the sports radio swamp, you know, the minutiae, on the morning show here on WEI. We're a week away from the season opening for a team that was one win away from a championship. There has been, like, zero discussion. I don't want to sound like Dale here and, like, wine. I, normally I don't care, but they're coming off a pretty impressive year. I mean, I hear zero talk about the Bruins. That's why yeah, our podcast well, is so well, impressive you know, you, and successful. I would say, or you could just give your producers my phone number. I'm around all the time, so. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I try to work it in during is, my trending updates when I can. I think this bit. is the way it always is. I don't necessarily see any difference. I mean, yeah, they're coming yeah, off a greater year, but this is what happens. I mean, uh I mean, we're all lost in the Antonio, I don't know. Antonio Brown stuff, and you play, you know, whatever the, the hot. I'm I'm far beyond judging what uh, you guys or any media in this town does because I don't know what anyone's goals are. I don't know what you're going for clicks or you're going for ratings. or I mean, if Tom Brady goes on the air here and talks about, you know, says anything, it becomes news. I don't get it. But I'm, you're not outraged by this. I'm not. Now, if I bring up Craig Custance in, in this uh, tier two rankings of the goaltenders, you'll, you'll freaking lose your mind. If I bring up an athletic story, that gets you going. It's all print wars with you. you didn't... All right, here's uh, Ask the Skate. Nice hashtag. We got four in this week. Oh, good. Maria from Watertown, first lady of the skate. With regard to the Krug situation, do you guys think there's any chance that the uh, GM will sit on extending until the trade deadline to weigh any potential offers? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think there's a rush, exactly. I mean, unless Tory's made it clear he's willing to wait, and they're willing to wait. And you have to, not just the trade deadline, just see, let's see how things go with other guys developing, with injuries. You know, even with Tory, let's see him hold up, right? Why there's no rush here? You have you have that time between the end of the season and July one to get something done. Clearly, they'll they'll talk and they'll communicate, and if they hit the sweet spot, they'll do something. What but, a blockbuster that would be, though! In season, like saying you're a contender and you and you. you oh, they would never do that. Pluck Krug out. But that's they what would, she's saying. I mean, yeah, I know they're not going to do that. But I think more if they're struggling, if they're fighting well, for a yeah. wild card, they might they have a disastrous. Say, season. You know, yeah. And if they have that's their, true. and if they think they can survive without him, if if Grizzly could plug in there. Now, or McAvoy not, steps up. Right, or McAvoy. You're never going to replace Tory on that power play. It's, it would have to change, and Bruce and Joe Sacco would have to come up with new schemes, clearly. But, you know, you'd have to see how, you know, they want it, their, their, their goal is to become better five on five and not be so reliant on the power play. If that goes, you could maybe weaken the power play. It's going to get done. I, I can't imagine a role with Tory Krug is in a Boston Bruin, though. So. By the way, one other thing I want to watch uh, tonight, which is last night as we speak here, is the Grizzlick-McAvoy pairing. Yeah. Because if you ask our guy, Jermaine Wiggins, Chara's out. He's no longer a top-pairing defenseman. Could we see yeah, sooner the, rather than that, later Grizzlick-McAvoy? That, that pair had a good preseason game uh, yep. last week in Chicago, I believe it was. Um, could be that, the future that, there. That could be the future. Yeah. It could be now. I mean, I don't have no problem, you know, Wiggy, whatever. Chara, whether he's going to – it doesn't matter what pair you're going to call it. 
he's going to get his minutes, but maybe it's not with McAvoy sometimes. Maybe it is with, with somebody. Is Clifton. It, it could be even with a Clifton, and they could still get the matchups if Connor Clifton makes the right strides. True. And just like you're giving the tough defensive assignments to Corrali or to Coyle sometimes to let Bergeron's line be more offensive, that would give McAvoy and, uh, and Grizzly easier matchups and you'd get more production that way if Charlie McAvoy ever takes a shot. <laughs> Brian asks the skate pod, why are people high on Danton Heinen? I just don't oh, see God. it. Low on points and low on physical play. Do do this? People say puck possession, prove it, period. Now, you forgot Heinen in your first wave of projections <laughs> last week, so you and Brian are. Well, as we figured out that this team, for as great as they are, they have a lot of forgettable players. <laughs> it's just not. But yeah, Danton Heinen's an excellent player. He comes in at a good rate, right? And you see, I mean, what do you think of him? Do you, what do you see when you see him? Um, I know what I see. I would, I, I would rather see him on the top line. To be honest, yeah, I, I thought, mean, there, I thought he there's was no doubt he's been, exactly. He's been great on that line for sure. I mean, you're going to say anybody can, but you know, as long as it, you have to be helping too, not just riding the Marchand and Bergeron coattails. And he does things. You see the things he does with the puck. You saw it with the Johansson and Coyle line. I mean, how could you not? How can you watch that line of the playoffs and not understand what Danton Heinen brings? He's not bashing people through the glass, but no, hardly anybody is anymore. It's about puck possession, and he has to again, like a lot of these young guys, he has to shoot more and and you know get in get in scoring areas more. I'll say this though, they could use a big breakout year for him because Krejci ain't scoring uh, seventy yeah. points. Uh, putting, I don't think they that's a guy they need some offensive uh, step and, up. And from. you know, not to get all wild and crazy here, but maybe at some point you have to think about the, the, the Brusque and Krejci. Is it that much of an important pair that you can't switch? You know, put Hine in there and let's see if Jake can help get. Get a Charlie Coyle going if if things aren't going right. You know, you gotta be they gotta be a little more flexible. Bob sort of venting. It's more less than a question at the skate pod. I would like to speculate how the team really feels about carrying a guy on the varsity, David Backus, who isn't even good enough to make the AHL team. He is knowingly taking a spot from someone younger and better and hurting the team in the process. And because of him, the team is not improved from last year. That's of course if he makes the team. But you think he will not make the team based on the Calman projections, or maybe as an extra. He might be the extra to start the year, but at some point they have to bite the bullet unless unless he suddenly starts playing better. You can't keep this guy around here um, all year doing that. I don't care what a great leader he is. It doesn't make a lot he of might sense. Get the cup second. I, and I'm it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair to him. I mean, if I was him, I'd want to go to Providence and skate you know, and play. Yeah, so, um, and if you want to show other teams, even I mean, the, the good thing about him is that he's not in this situation where he's completely untradeable, especially next year when there's only one year left of that deal. So go down and play a year and, and show that you can still play, and maybe somebody will want to keep you as a fourth liner. But you, well, the, the best mean, they can hope for is he's And Alex I guess the Steen question is about right what the team a, thinks. I mean, the line. team doesn't – it's not it's not hurting the team as far as emotions or um, mentally, you know, to have him around. They like him. Yeah, he's not yeah. being a jerk. So, um, And whether or not they could have improved, uh, they, yeah, they, they didn't really improve – Per se, but the Charlie Coyle addition is kind of an addition that they didn't have last year. And these kids, the, I'm not predicting a breakout year for Bjork or Steen or any of these guys, but this group certainly looks better. And Frederick, a year older, looks better than last year when we were counting on JFK to. True. Hey, if they're healthy, team. they're as good as anybody in the league. Right. And are. so the Bacchus thing doesn't hurt them because yeah. they're still there. I mean,. Cam and Taunton, the Bruins have a million and a half in cap space for in-season additions, so is another Boychek-esque camp dump coming, or are they just going to stash Bacchus on LTIR? Well, that, yeah, the LTR is out. Yeah. He's not even injured. And yeah. plus, LTIR, I mean, I, I try to explain this to people on Twitter all the time. It's not just like, oh, we get rid of this guy and we have this cap space. You have to spend two and pass the cap. You have to worry about your bonuses. You can end up with penalties because 
you know, guys like Chara have bonuses. Some of the uh, ELC guys, uh, entry-level guys, have bonuses. That's where Shirelli ended up. What, he had like a $3 million penalty one year after the Ginless season or something like yeah. that. So it's not as easy as you want. To, but anyway, it's not even happening. They, they might do it with more if to, to buy them some room. It's just such a small amount. But they it doesn't look like they have to. They can maneuver. They can send guys to Providence on off days. And, you know, let me just explain this quickly. The cap is an average of how much cap space you have every day. So you game day, you have a certain amount of guys. If you have 23 players for game day, but then you can go down to 20. On the off days, the average goes down. That You, you bank, bank cap space. space. That's how you have flexibility at the deadline. I'm sure no one's listening to this, and I'll still get a, <laughs> I'll still get a million dumb tweets about what they should do with the cap, but... Understand. Also, understand that you know cap friendly is great. I love cap friendly. Yeah. I would pay for cap friendly if they wanted to charge an subscription. But there are some little discrepancies there with what they say and what is real, depending on who they choose to be on their roster and all these things, especially in the gotcha. offseason. All right. So complicated. All right. So in future uh, weeks, hashtag ask the skate or actually that'll get lost. Just at the skate pod, ask us a question. We'll try to get it in. Yeah, we'll try to. Uh, all right, uh, time for our Tampa Bay Lightning preview. Uh, maybe we'll do one with the Leafs and the uh, Panthers in coming weeks. Next week will be the big Bruins preview, but uh, we'll check in on, on some of the big rival teams Absolutely. in the division. So uh, Greg Linnelli joins us here. We'll get a little uh, taste of uh, what's coming with uh, with Tampa. All right, to Tampa Bay we go. It's our first division preview, uh, Calvin. We're going to head to Tampa where still the fallout from their sweep last year at the hands of the Jackets is uh, one of the stunning storylines of the offseason, you know, heading into this year, and uh, we'll frame how the Atlantic Division does. I would say most people still feel Tampa's going to win the division, right? Would you argue with that? I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to, well, at the very least, we know who the top three are going to be if you're not yep. going to pick the winner. So it could be Boston and Toronto again, if that's the case, but uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, Greg Linnelli joins us. He is the game day host for the Tampa Bay Radio Network, host of Lightning Power Play Live, so he's all tampered up and ready to go for the we, Lightning season. We thought we'd have a chance to talk to him in May. I know. We thought we would. Uh, instead, we push it off here to uh, September. What's going on, Greg? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. What is the, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, the mood, the uh, the fallout? of it? Is, is, Have they buried last year, or is it still hanging over the team? Well, I think that cloud's always going to hover around the team until they win the Cup. I mean, last year was such a roller coaster. You know, they record-breaking regular season, and then you get swept in the first round. So that that's never going to go away. I think that's always going to be a blemish on this team. And I think even really for the history of the franchise, when you think about just where they were and how it ended. But, you know, that being said, it is a new season. I mean, the talent's still there. And I think as long as they do a couple of things differently this year than they did last year, I think a lot of people still feel like they can be a team that wins the Cup. As we know, there are, uh, there's a lot of parity in today's game. And we saw that in the playoffs, for sure. But I don't think anybody's not expecting Tampa Bay to uh, not only make the playoffs, but make a deep run. You know, I, I look at this from a Bruins perspective as, in 2010, the Bruins had one of the worst collapses in hockey history, losing the four straight to the Flyers after going up 3-0. And the key to that was the next year they win the Cup. The key was that they kind of embraced it and used it as motivation to, you know, kind of, propel them in the next season do you think that this lightning team that the character the makeup the leadership group that they're going to do it that way as well we're going to find out aren't we you know <laughs> i mean I, I think i think that's what you'd like you know there there's enough leadership in that locker room now where you would expect they would take a negative moments like last year and use it as a positive or at least a motivation motivational factor heading into this season i mean they're going to have to because 
you know, they're, they're star players, you know, the Stamkos, Hedman's, you know, they're not old by any stretch, but, you know, certainly that window is closing a little bit. And, you know, while they're still in the prime of their careers, I think they understand there's a sense of urgency over the last five, six years that they've been close, but they haven't finished the job. And I think at some point you have to finish it if you want to be considered one of the, the best teams out there. So I would expect them to, and, you know, maybe not pay attention too much to where you finish, but how well you're playing heading into the playoffs. And that's probably something they're going to focus on. And how about the coach? I mean, I I think he's one of the best coaches out there for sure and, and one of the best people, it seems like. And But you hear the national guys, you hear some rumors sometimes about, you know, whether last year was his last draw, and obviously it wasn't. He can't, he's coming back now, and now maybe he's on the hot seat. I mean, can John Cooper, you think, uh, turn this, you know, turn this around the way you need to turn it around? Can he uh, kind of rally the troops that way? Yeah, I think, you know, once again, I think we're going to find out. I mean, I think if John Cooper's had a lot of success in the National Hockey League, there's no question, but you start to get to a point, whether it's whether the critique is warranted or not, you start to get to a point where eventually you have to win when you've been there for a while and you've won a bunch of regular season games and you've even advanced pretty far in the playoffs. So John Cooper, I think, just like some of these players, is going to have to have some moments here. Where he says, hey, eventually, we've got to break through. And if we're not breaking through, what changes do we have to make? Yeah. So I think everybody, even though he signed a contract extension, um, I think everybody's going to be evaluated on how well they do this year. And, you know, look, if it's a colossal failure this year, I don't think anybody's safe. I'm not suggesting. I'm not telling you anything new. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, you know, there's going to be hell to pay. You know, if they get eliminated in the first round, how could you as a franchise sit there and say, well, you know, we're going to come back with everybody. Right. I think everything's okay. I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, you mentioned Victor Hedman earlier. I mean, to, to ask the question for the 1,000th time, what happened last year? I mean, how, how did they get swept? Was it just Hedman being injured and, and they collapsed because of it? What happened? Uh, I mean, I think that was probably part of it, Ken. Um, I don't think they got great goaltending. I don't think they defended particularly well. And, you know, Columbus played well. You have to give them credit, too. And Sergei Bobrovsky, I think, played better than how he performed in the playoffs earlier. But certainly when Hedman was out, that that was a factor. But they had a lot of guys who performed, as Mike Tomlin would say, below the line. <laughs> and um, that's unfortunate at that time of year. And uh, Hedman certainly was a victim of that. So um, bad play at the wrong time. Opponent was playing well at the right time. And um, that being said, I, I just I can't believe they were swept. I mean, I, I think I think that's the thing that's frustrating. Is all right. So Columbus plays really well. You're not playing well, but you're trying you're trying to tell me they beat you four zero. You don't know. You don't at least get a game on them. Didn't make a lot of sense. Still doesn't. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about this for a long, long time. And. We can't wait till the regular season starts. <laughs> All right, and you know it's so stunning too because the year before you would see we saw Brayton Point basically outplay Bergeron for the series. I, I mean, I thought with with the addition of him, and he, of course this week he just signs the deal yesterday, three years and six point seven five yeah. million per. They added yet another elite centerman, but uh, you know what? Again, uh, he got outplayed. Uh, you know, maybe it was just the sophomore uh, slump or whatever. He, too full of himself, maybe to ego too big. No, I, I don't. I mean, I, 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 if I had the answer for you, if they had the answer for you as to why they lost, they would have corrected it after, you know, the first game or two. If you remember, they were up three nothing in the first game, 
And in the second period, 30 seconds in, Kucherov has a wide open net, and Bobrovsky robs him, just completely robs him. From that moment, it changed the complexion of the series, if you believe in moments like that. So I, I think, honestly, for me, there are two things they need to do differently if you want to start talking about what do you need to do to get over the hump. They've got to be smarter. And when I say smarter with the puck, you can't make cross-ice passes. You have to understand that if it's a 2-1 game, sometimes the better play is to dump the puck in and not take high-risk chances. The second part is they've got to defend better. They just have to. You know, last year, I can't tell you some of the games where, you know, maybe they win 3-2, 4-2, and you you kind of say, well, they must have played pretty well defensively. Well, then you look at the box score and you say that Louis Domingue and, and Andre Vasilevsky were just phenomenal. And that's why Vasilevsky, I think, is one of the, the best goaltenders, if not the best goaltender in the game, is because if you watch them game in and game out like I did last year, they were giving up high-quality scoring chances. Vasilevsky was amazing last year. They need to be better defensively. We'll see if that happens because, to me, that's more important than where they finish in the Eastern Conference because, as we know, guys, if you get in, really doesn't matter where you finish. You can beat anybody because of the parity in today's game. So let's get into the nitty-gritty of this of this point deal, though. I mean, what does this mean, you think, uh, for them going forward, not just this year? Does it do anything about egos in the room? Is it going to hurt their you know ability to upgrade during the season? Well, I mean, I think this is a team that's always going to have to address the cap issue, and that's a good thing because they have a lot of really good players, and they've got to sign as many as they can. Now, they're doing that. But next year, for instance, they've got four players who are going to be restricted free agents. Chernak, Sergachev, Sorelli, and Matthew Joseph. Hmm. You're not going to be able to keep all of those guys unless you trade a player or two from your roster right now. So we talk about that window closing a bit. Right. You know, at least for this group, might be the last year you see these same players together. I mean, in the offseason, they traded J.T. Miller. Um. You don't have to be a genius to go to cap friendly and look at the contract situation and say, okay, you know, they're not going to get rid of Stamkos or Kucherov or Point right. or Hedman or McDonough or Vasilevsky, but let's take a look at the rest of the roster and see, you know, who you might have to trade next year to get some of these other guys signed. And that's just the way the cap is, and that's just the way the NHL is today. So um, there's going to be constant changes with this team. Every year, they have their corn place. They've got a pretty deep minor league system, all things considered, when you finish pretty high uh, in the standings. And I think they understand that. And they, look, they're motivated. It's not like they're not motivated. It's can you get it done? I think that's the question. And real quick on the point deal, like uh, yeah, it's it's actually kind of team friendly, right? Kachuk signed for for more money than than he did. I think Point's a better player. Yeah, and I think the key, Ken, to remember here, and Eric Rowlandson pointed this out to me the other day, is that last year of his contract is at $9 million. Right. That's where the negotiations will start for the new contract. So, you know, we talk about that window of guys signing here in Tampa Bay for below market. I think you can say that for this contract with point, but keep in mind the last year of that three-year deal, it looks like it's a $9 million number which means that's the number you start the negotiations at um, when that contract is up. So they're not going to get him for cheap. And again, we go back to this window. Who are you going to have to trade to keep all these guys that you want 
under contract. So that's that's going to be the challenge. So far, Tampa Bay's done a great job, and that is one thing they have done. They have done a really good job of identifying guys and then having them sign below value, below market value, which Stamkos and Hedman did. And then you're able to draft and develop, and hopefully on the third and fourth lines, you're paying guys you know, not as much. That's kind of the problem they're running into, I think, a little bit this year is when you take a look at their third and fourth liners, you're starting to see some contracts that are in that 4 to $5 million range. And when you're paying other guys 9 or $10 million, $8 million, that's tough to do consistently. So I, I would expect some moves next year, but you know, this year I think they're ready to go. Well, they come to uh, Boston October 17th, so we'll see them coming up fairly quickly. And I'm assuming for the home opener, they'll draw better than the Rays are despite their <laughs> playoff push. My God, the, the attendance at the Trop is just unbelievable. Yeah, but I mean that's nothing new, right, Kenny? But still, they're they're a playoff team. It, our our one of our guys, Rob Bradford, was down there just filming empty seats. It, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know what's funny is the radio ratings and the TV ratings are really good. Okay. And um, I think that's the misnomer a little bit is does attendance at ballparks necessarily indicate? Sure. You know, a how much money you're bringing in because of the TV contracts or just the gates that all the teams yep. share via revenue from Major League Baseball. Um, and does that mean there's a lot? Of, there's not a lot of interest if a lot of people aren't going? I, I think it's been like that way, but the TV and radio ratings have been really good for Tampa Bay over the years. I, I don't know what to make of it. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting. All right, well, great. We'll have you back on uh, again soon if you'll do it. Greg Linelli from uh, the Lightning uh, Radio Network pre and post. And uh, Power Play Live, they do it every day. Game day host for the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot, Greg. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And Greg is right. When you look at the, the salary structure of uh, Tampa Bay right now, I mean, Stamkos is making $8.5 million. It's a bargain. Uh, Kucherov, 9.5. Of course, uh, you know, yeah. point up to 7. They're, they are going to have to unload, guys. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. It seems like, and you, you know, you, you brought up Calgary and Kachuk. $7 million for that guy on a short-term deal. I don't know what. What, who benefits from this bridge deal if it's if it's seven million per year? That's not much of a bridge. They should have gotten longer on that. But uh, this is this is the way I think you're seeing these general managers, including Don Sweeney here, uh, buy into this notion that it's time to pay the stars and fill in the around them with with cheap talent. And they've talked about that for years. It's been hard. I mean, that probably is one of two or three major problems that happened to Peter Shirelli. As much as we love the Chris Kellys and the Rich Peverleys and the Gregory Campbells. These guys were getting these extensions, regardless of the length. It's, it's, it was about the AAV on those guys, and you were putting these cap crunches. And then when he used the long-term injured reserve, he put himself in cap jail. And I think this is why Nola Chari is a Florida Panther now. Don, Don Sweeney is able to put the sentimentality and able to put the fact that he was a pretty good player for this team on the back burner and say, we can't go five years and however many million for you. you we, we're going to replace you with Parlindome. We're going to replace yeah. you with guys Brett Ritchie, coming up. Brett Ritchie, your boy. Brett Ritchie, Zach Senishin, whatever it's going to be. Right. And it's it's going to be and you know it's going to be important for all these teams to draft guys, not just the stars, but to make sure you're filling out your organizations with these young with these guys, and then to fill in cheaply around your stars that you're, that you're signing. And then the other part is maybe you know he, Greg brought up J T Miller. A really good player, but you wouldn't necessarily count him as one of the four or five core members of that team. Yeah, he had he was expendable, and so it's going to be up to the like, the guys like Jake DeBrusque, who are going to be making pretty good money for the production they have to prove that they're part of the core if they want to stay here, as opposed to being the expendable ones. Um, one other, just I think he made a good point about Vasilevsky. In some ways, yeah. maybe it's a curse for them. Like Vasilevsky is 
universally regarded as the number yeah. one goaltender in the league. I said that maybe he's so yeah. good they just rely. Uh, I said that during the season last year. You watched yeah. so many of their games; they were giving up high quality chances. He was making amazing saves. When and but the thing is, he when he going out, you thought they were done, and then the Ming filled in and almost plays just as well. Yeah. Um, I still wouldn't pay a goalie as much as I'm paying that goalie, but maybe maybe they're seeing it that this is what we're going to be because of the players we're building around. But you would think, yeah, uh, point is going to become a you know that two way. Patrice Bergeron type center at some point, and that'll help their defense. And, uh, you know, Sergachev will take another step, and maybe they'll improve the defense. But then, if you do improve it defensively, then you're really overpaying your goalie. So yeah. it's interesting to see. And, you know, clearly, you know, we, we, we've talked about the Leafs. They, uh, they're going to be in the same boat. All these, all these good teams are going to be in the same boat. Well, they are scary. There's no doubt about that. Now they they have baggage now, mental baggage. And I think <laughs> you know you brought up the 2011 comparison. It's, yeah. They, would you be stunned if this is the, you know they bounce back and they just crush it, teams? It, this it year? could go no. one or two ways. It could either you know maybe first off maybe they come off the gas in the regular season and don't romp the way they did because that definitely didn't help them True. defend better. Like Greg was saying, if you're playing all those meaningless games for two months, you're not taking you're not paying attention to detail and there's nothing a coach or anyone can do about that. You're playing meaningless hockey for two months. So th- that's going to be the, the thing here. It, or maybe they come out of the gates terrible, and maybe Cooper's gone, and maybe they have to you know get a fresh voice in there. It, it could really go either way. I mean, I don't know. Greg's closer to it, obviously. What is the makeup of that leadership group? You know, I questioned it when they lost to Columbus in fourth street because I said if that – like he brought up the Bobrovsky save in the second period of game one. Yeah. It, that would never be the downfall of the Boston Bruins to lose four straight – Right. Based on that one play deflating a team, Patrice Bergeron as Dano Chara would not let that happen. So, is the leadership group of this, which we know Stamp Cozy seems like a great guy, seems like it. Is he a great leader? No stories I mean, of him walking around with his pants at his ankles exactly. and <laughs> outside his condo. So, he's got that going for him. All right, next Thursday, we have the big preview. It is game day, regular season opening preview episode. We've got some special Every nook and cranny. Yeah, we're going to go yeah. from top to bottom in the organization. We're going to assess the assistant GMs, the Ooh, trainers. Oh, good. The equipment staff, the analytics team, you know, that means Jeremy Rogalski, he's on he's on he's on call here. We're gonna we're gonna assess his play. All right, I don't know about all that, but we'll have a good episode for you next weekend. Probably another Countman bonus pod because he's obsessed. He gets those out on Tuesdays most weeks. Uh good uh, good chat with Brandon Carlo. I, I enjoyed that. Uh not only the uh, talk about his father, the concrete cleaner, which I'd never That's heard. Right. Um <laughs> You know, puts it in perspective where he's coming from. He, you know, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, but the guy just made uh, what five, six million bucks, right? Uh, in an instant, so he's a millionaire and, and a happy one at that. Uh, see you next Thursday on Skatepod.